All right. Ready for football today, right? <laughs> Glory to God. Are you happy? Bible school starts tomorrow night. How many of you going? You signed up. All right. Praise the Lord. Why don't you go stand up, those of you who go to Bible school. Come on, stand up. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a hand. Thank you, Jesus. It's going to be exciting this, this semester. Praise the Lord. Amen. First year, I get you this in October, okay? The first year class. and It's going to be good. We've uh, we graduated our fourth year last year. I mean, at the end of the <coughs> summertime, and it was uh, great. Four years of our uh, Bible school. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> A lot of good things are happening. You've seen all of the, uh, I would say commercials. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, <clears throat> Pastor Scott and Holly will be with us next weekend. And, of course, Saturday. Uh, come out and join us. Uh, they're great people. You know, they've, we've watched them through the years uh, being connected with uh, mom and dad, Pastor Tom and Maureen and uh, Scott. They have two sons, and uh, Scott and Holly. We've seen them actually bring up their children, and now all of their children are serving in some capacity in ministry in the church, worship and, and other things. And so, uh, they've lived it. They know what they're talking about. Amen. So we're looking forward to that because the enemy is out to destroy families. And so uh, that's why we're bringing them in because we could all use a little bit of wisdom. Don't think you know it all. Even grandmas out there and grandpas, okay, you're helping babysit and so on and so forth. You need this knowledge too. And I wish that uh, we'd had that knowledge when we had our children but they turned out all right. Eddie's with us today, our son. <clears throat> he flew all the way back here to go to the football game today, take his mom. They know better than to invite me because I would rather stay home and watch it on TV. Pray that it don't rain today. <laughs> Last time they went to the... Uh, a football game, it was a night game, and it was in the winter time, and it was the coldest night of the year that year. And they totally froze. I got home, and they called me. By the time I got home back to Brockton from Foxborough, it wasn't too long before I got a phone call. Come and pick us up. It's too cold. <laughs> That's what you get in New England, right? We get extreme everything. We are extreme. You're extreme for Jesus today, right? Woo! Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we've been talking, uh, and, and this is probably going to be the last week, depends how long I, I get through, on uh, navigating, amen, peace in, in this time of, uh, that we're living in, the days that we're living in. And we are living in the last days. So navigating peace in turbulent times. And we are in turbulent times, whether you know it or not. Last week, we talked about weariness. We, uh, it was part two. And I talked about uh, there's two ways that you deal with weariness. And one way is in the arm of the flesh, your own desires, your own will. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to deal with it. Or you do things God's way. Amen? 
And today we're going to talk about pressure. How many of you have ever felt pressure? Huh? It's rough, isn't it? But I want to start in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, the Passion Translation again, because it all comes down. And you'll find out, basically, you know, a lot of churches you go to, they talk about how bad you are, things you're not supposed to do, so on and so forth. And then you get the other type of churches that tell you, well, you just, you, you just struggle, make it until you get to heaven, and everything's going to be great when you get to heaven. Amen. And it is going to be great when we get to heaven. But they fail to teach you how to live your life victoriously here on the earth. Amen. And Jesus said, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that you might have life now, here and now, and have it more abundantly. Glory to God. So there are a lot of things, especially that the Apostle Paul wrote, that tells us if we identify the right way, amen, identify with Jesus, identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and and what he's already accomplished for us, See, God isn't going to send Jesus to the cross again. It's done. He said it is finished. So all the, the precious gifts, all the good things that God has, was ever going to give us has already been deposited into our account. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So we have to learn to draw by faith those things. And we begin by Galatians chapter 2.20 by identifying with the right things, identifying with the word of God, who we are in Christ, what Christ is in us. Amen? It says, my old, my old identity has been co-crucified with the Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him, and now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. Hallelujah. The apostle Paul says, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. Glory to God. Here it goes on to say, my new life is empowered by faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. And listen, if you are not confessing the right things, you're not getting his life dispensed into yours. You're just trying to make it on your own. You're trying to deal with your frustrations uh, whatever way you can deal with them. But as you identify, you're part of the family of God. Amen. He's taking you out of the kingdom of darkness and put you into the kingdom of his dear son. There's liberty. There's freedom. Whom the son has set free is free indeed. So we try to deal with our habits, with your shortcomings, whatever it is, the pressures of life, uh, by our own natural you know, you know, we just get the fight in us. We're going to take care of this. And some, sometimes we call that pride. I'm going to do it my way. And a lot of times when we do it our way, we get ourselves even deeper into trouble. Amen. How many of you have ever had God have to bring you out of dire problems, okay, because of the decisions that you've made? All right. But he will do that. But the key is never to get ourselves into those entanglements. Because we walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. Amen. Or the natural reasoning in our hearts and lives. Now, pressure is the burden of physical or mental distress. It's the constraint of circumstance, the weight of social or economic imposition. 
things that come at us, and you can actually feel, it can be part of our home life. It could be our children acting up. Come on now. Not knowing how to deal with family issues. Could be problems with our job, our boss doesn't like us, or uh, one of our coworkers, we're having issues with it, so it adds pressure to, in this way and that way, financial pressure, all of these things. And when they come at us, a lot of times we try to deal with the external pressure instead of building ourselves up in God. Amen? And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Now, what happens when we get under pressure, pressure begins to push on you from the outside and will cause you to make dumb decisions. It will cause you to move yourself emotionally and make a decision. For instance, all right, if, if, if uh, a husband, wife, or, or even a, a young person, they started uh, tithing, they're giving to the church, and so on and so forth. Let's say they come under financial pressure. What is the first thing they're going to do? I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to stop tithing. And that moves them out of the place where blessing comes. God wants to get blessing to you. Amen. And some of you might say, well, that's Old Testament. No tithing carried on. Hallelujah. In the book of Hebrews, it says Jesus collects our tithe right now. Amen. He's our high priest. Glory to God. So I would never, never not tithe. We've been at this for a long time, and many of you have heard my wife, when we first got married, she was making all the money. I was receiving love offerings from the church, which some of them wasn't too lovely. That's walking by faith. As a young minister, a lot of times you do that. But uh, uh, she was making the money, so I was writing the tithe checks out, and she, she said, honey, what, you're giving my money away. I don't know if she was that nice about it. But see, she hadn't been taught that. And I told her this statement. By tithing, that's a guarantee that we will always be taken care of. Amen. God will take care of us. He will watch over us because we are faithful to give into his house, his ministry, his things first. So pressure, if you're going through a financial pressure, and many of you have probably lived through this. You've been tempted, well, I need to cut back this and cut back in bed. And, and I talked to a lady years ago uh, that uh, was coming to the Brockton Church, and she was in financial straits. She had got herself in debt and so on and so forth. So she went to debt counseling. You know what they counseled her? Stop giving to the church. That is the first mistake. Stop giving to, no. <laughs> no, not at all. That's where I want to keep giving. In fact, you tell me to stop giving, I'm going to double it. Amen? Because you can't outgive God. Praise the Lord. So that's one of the areas in pressure, okay? Uh, another thing, people get under pressure in, in all kinds of ways, and it's easy to blame maybe what you're doing in the church. Well, I'm just so overworked, they don't appreciate me, and all this kind of stuff, you know. The devil is busy 24 hours a day trying to plant thoughts, you know, in, in our minds. And so uh, a lot of people have left their, 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 their position in church, left their calling, left what God has planned for them because trying to fix that pressure. And then there's people that have moved totally out of a town because of physical pressure 
and they haven't gone before God for wisdom and understanding what do I do? Am I supposed to change jobs or am I supposed to move out of this house? Am I supposed to move to another town? See, pressure, if we use our own reasoning, will make mistakes and get in trouble. And some of those troubles we gotta live with down the line. Well, God will help us get back on track, but we go through a little bit of suffering through those times. If we would learn to wait upon the Lord, if we would learn to identify with what he's already given us. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. We have the understanding of Jesus. All we've got to do is, is, is search out prayer and, and waiting upon the Lord, and he will direct our path. Uh, steps of a good man, the Bible says, are directed by the Lord. How many of you are a good person? Well, I don't know. Well, you're good in Jesus, all right? Praise God. You might have some quirks here and there, but you're, you're good. If you're born again, if you've been washed by the blood of Jesus, he loves you. Amen. Amen. And it isn't about how good he, you are, but he loves you. He paid the price for you. So pressure uh, can cause us to make incorrect decisions and change the priorities in our life, whether family, whatever. Uh, so, you know, I mean, that's what happened to the children of Israel. You know, I, I'm not, I don't really like reading a lot of the, the like Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes is all right, but it's kind of negative, some, some of the things, okay. But uh, Leviticus, you know, the laws and so on and so forth. But we can learn not to make the mistakes that these Old Testament people made. Can you say amen? amen. And so the greatest example literally is the children of Israel. I mean, they had miracle after miracle you know, the plagues, they've seen that happen, and they've seen Moses' rod, and, and, just, and, and they were delivered across the Red Sea, and they've seen the whole Pharaoh army destroyed. Praise God, and, and just, you know, I mean, everything, whatever they needed. They needed water, and God provided. They needed uh, food, and God provided. There was no McDonald's out there. But God took care of them. But the thing is, uh, they had not learned, of course, they're under Old Testament, they had not learned to deal with pressure from the outside. I'm hungry. How many of you know that can pressure you to eat the wrong stuff? Come on now. Oh, I'm just so hungry. I'm going to die if I don't get food right now. We've all been there all the time. Amen? Hallelujah. So, 11 days they say it would have taken the children of Israel to get from Egypt to the promised land. Say 11 days. How long did it take them? 40 years. 40 years. And they didn't even have to interpret what God was saying to them because Moses was in the presence of the Lord. He came down and said exactly I mean, every instruction that they would ever need. They didn't have to pick up the Bible and read. They were told how to build the tabernacle. They were told this. Just to, 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 I mean, everything. God was leading them. And his provision was in the promised land. And he, he enforced that time and time again. I've taken you. I've given you this land. It's flowing with milk and honey. Just hang on there. But every time pressure would come, they tried to deal with it from the outside, and it, at that time, it angered God many times. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, they did not enter into their rest 
There is a rest. And listen, what happens when there's pressure on the outside, if you are understanding what the kingdom of God is really inside of you, there'll be a rest and a peace on the inside when all everything outside is collapsing. Everything is just total collapse on the outside, but on the inside, you have peace. And honey, you're not on anything. <laughs> okay? You're not, yeah, I mean, you're not drugged up where you know, hey, you know, I don't know what's going on. I don't care. This is cool. Come on now. But you have that relationship with God. So 40 years it took them. How many of you know that we don't need to wait? Especially in the time that we're in right now. We don't have to wait because everything, again, I read in, uh, in Peter uh, last week or the week before that, that Jesus Christ, through him, God has given us everything that pertains unto life. All the exceeding great and precious promises has already been given to us. Glory to God. All right. Hallelujah. Okay, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. In verse 3 through 5, the Message Bible. It says, all praise to God and Father. This is the Apostle Paul now of our Master, Jesus the Messiah. Father of all mercy. God of all healing counsel. He comes now look at this. He comes alongside us when we go through pressure. When we go through hard times. He comes alongside of us. Hallelujah. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. In, in the body of Christ, awesome. Hallelujah. That means we need to share. And some of you might know, why am I going through this junk right now? You know, there might be somebody down the line that you need to minister to. And God has taught you to walk by faith. Amen? Taught you how to obtain the promises of God. And you think, oh, come along with me. We can just get through this together. Amen? Hallelujah. We have plenty of our times that come from following the Messiah, but no more so than the good times of his healing comfort, we get a full measure of that too. Glory to God. Amen. So the healing comes, the pleasure comes, the excitement comes, no matter what you're going through. The Bible says this, that weeping lasts for a lot. When? The night? But what comes in the morning? Joy. Turn to the person next to you with a big smile and say, Joy. Do you have the joy? Amen. Joy in the morning. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Paul has such a revelation of, of what it meant to be born again, what it meant to be a Christian, a Christ follower. And he did not have an easy life, but he overcame. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. I'm going to read this because some, sometimes we think, oh, nobody has gone through stuff like we have. And listen, don't say, well, that's the apostle Paul. You know, I mean, after all, he, we're all human. Amen? But if anyone, and one thing about the apostle Paul, he said this, I am the chiefest of sinners. If God can do it for me, if Christ can do things for me, 
He can do it for you. Hallelujah. Now here, in verse 23, are they servants of Christ? I know, I sound like a madman. Have any of you ever sound like a madman? But I have served him far more, talking about him serving Christ. I have worked harder, have been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced dangers from rivers and from robbers. I have, I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities and in the deserts and on the seas. And I have faced dangers from men who claim to be believers that are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep warm. Think about that. Pressure. How many of you know he was under pressure many times? Glory to God. But the one thing about him, if you read his testimony, at the end he said, Christ has delivered me out of all of these things. All of these things. No matter what I've gone through. Hallelujah. And before Agrippa... He was even able to say, hey, I think myself happy. Ha, 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 ha. But pastor, that was the apostle Paul. You know, you have the same Jesus he did. You have the same Holy Spirit as he did. He did. Hallelujah. You have the same promises that, 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 that the apostle Paul had. Glory to God. It's already been finished. It's already been done. So what are we to do? When pressure comes from the outside, we are to fill ourselves, and I use this illustration, and we have a pilot back there, glory to God. But how many of you know when you reach a certain altitude that the airplane has to be pressurized from the inside? Think with a submarine. When they go to a certain depth, submarine has to pressurize from the inside. And so what happens with us Christians, we need to understand by the word of God and the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that we can have equal pressure on the inside to defeat the pressure that's on the outside. That's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. So the... <laughs> The greater the pressure on the outside, the greater of the pressure on the inside. We'll just turn that knob, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not I that live, but Christ who lives in me. Amen. No longer I. So what do we need to do? We need to do what God told the Old Testament people to do. Enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge your capacity on the inside to fill yourself with the word of God. To fill yourself and understand that you are not without help. You have the helper living in you. Amen. It's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit, saith the Lord. You have God inside and you've got to become God inside minded. Hallelujah. You're wall to wall God on the inside. Yeah, your flesh. 
will give you problems. People will attack your, your soulish realm and talk about you and do all kinds of things. But you know what? The apostle Paul, yeah, he said to me, he made this statement. He said, though I've, I'm growing weak in the flesh, whoo, something's happening. Something's happening in my inner being. Something's happening on the inside of me. My spirit, man, is getting stronger and stronger. I'm pressurizing from the inside so the pressure from the outside will not affect me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your flesh won't like it. Your emotions won't like it. But if you have God inside of you and you're filled with the word of God, you'll be able to answer those pressures like Jesus did when he was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. It is written. It is written. It is written. You've got to find out where it's written and fill yourself with the word of God. Hallelujah. Sickness can't take you out. Financial problems can't take you out if you have the provider on the inside of you. You get some unexpected bills and so on and so forth, and all of a sudden, pressure, financial pressure, you go out and get, a, uh, get an unexpected thing or, or your refrigerator breaks down or something happens to you, and all of a sudden, you get under pressure. Hallelujah. <laughs> and then you go to the word of God and you say, oh, hallelujah. Uh, my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And that pressure is building up on the outside. What am I going to do? Oh, I'm not going to have money to pay my rent. I can't make my car payment. I can't do this. But yes, something is building up on the inside. Hallelujah. And it's becoming greater on the inside than what you're feeling on the outside. And all of a sudden you know that you know that you know I've got it I've got provision I have El Shaddai hallelujah God takes care of all of my needs glory to oh, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want I shall not want for anything hallelujah so enlarge a place of your tent let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings do not spare lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes for you shall expand hallelujah <laughs> to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make desolate cities inhabited. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And listen, when pressure comes, you can learn to adjust without breaking. There are some Christians that are very brittle. <laughs> Somebody says something about them and it pretty much snaps them. Boop. You got to be like Taffy. It's whatever you want. <laughs> Isn't that what the prophet told God? Hey, you're, you're the potter. I'm the clay. Mold me and make me. Mold me and make me. And some of you are going through the mold me and make me stage. And you wonder what is going on. Well, just hang in there. Oh, hallelujah. God didn't necessarily like your mud pot, but he's making something good out of you. Amen. And a lot of times, the fire has to be added to purify things. Does the Bible say, I will baptize you with the Holy Ghost in fire? But all the time, you're building up. You know that God loves you. Not only when you're perfect, because none of you are perfect. God loves you anyway. And you need to understand to rest in that love. There is a rest when there's turbulence. 
when there's things going on around about you, there is a rest. You're pressurizing on the inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4.12, and we'll end with this scripture. I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things. Whoo! Whether in fullness or in hunger, I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Hallelujah. Infuses me to conquer. Don't let the difficulties conquer you. You conquer the difficulties. Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning. Come on, lift up your hands. Some of you are going through pressures. Unexpected things are happening to you. Remember Christ in you. You're pressurizing from the inside. Hallelujah. You'll not be moved. You'll not be moved from the foundation of your faith. Because again, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Some of you might be starting a new job. Somebody, you have family issues going on. But know this, God loves you. He knows what you're going through. It's not time to run away from the Lord. It's time to run to him. For he is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Some of you are concerned about your families, your children, your grandchildren. Rest. Enter into the rest of God. And just claim, me and my household shall be saved. And that settles it. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Weariness. All of these things that we're fighting to navigate through these hard times that we're living in. It's Christ in you, building that pressure on the inside. Father, I pray for this congregation right now. I thank you, Lord, for wisdom and understanding being imparted to these people, Father. Hallelujah. That, that great prayer that they might know what is the hope of their calling and what the exceeding greatness of the power that's in them, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Father, we just thank you right now that they are empowered, that they have the wisdom, that they have, even those that have to make decisions, and God, you will show them, you will lead them in the right path. In the name of, <clears throat> I plead the blood of Jesus over this congregation right now. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. And I say that they are blessed. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? If you're here and you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, now is the time, now is the day of salvation. It's your moment to receive Christ. Your moment. I would not want to live in the world without knowing that I've accepted Jesus Christ. Because everything is uncertainty. Our life is just a blade of grass, the Bible says. Not just once, but many times who have the word of God. Vapor of smoke. We're here today, we're gone tomorrow. And once we live, leave these, this, this tabernacle, this body that we're in, we're going to be either in the presence of the Lord or 
We're going to go after the father, our old father, the devil, if you have not received Christ. Heaven and hell, real destinations. Now's the time to get your ticket. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. On that locomotive that's going to heaven. You do that. You might say, oh, yeah, it's being funny. There's a, uh, a country song that goes along like that. That old black train. And don't get on that old black train because it's going to the wrong place. But there's a ticket for you to get on the right train. Amen? And that's to heaven. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I want you to pray this prayer with me today. Father, right now, I'm acknowledging that I'm a sinner and I'm in, and I'm in need of a Savior. And, and, and Father, I just thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross in my place. And you said in your word, if I call upon his name, that I shall be saved. Dear Jesus, right now, come into my heart, come into my life, be my Lord and Savior. And I thank you right now that I'm born again, that I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.